Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. We're kind of in the home stretch here. I got to tell you. Uh, We really are. We really are. We really are. Okay. Let me explain to you guys what is going on here because it's a little bit different, but I know that you will agree with us that this is the right move. So as you know, this would be season two, episode five recap, but here's the deal. There are six episodes left of season two, including this week's. And as you all know, season 18 returns on September 17th. So basically, we have three more episodes, including this one, to get us up to speed. And there's just no way, number one, that we were going to skip the Breckenridge, Colorado trip. And there was also no way that we weren't going to recap season 18 the second it came out. So this is what we decided to do for sake of efficiency. And I really think you guys will agree. Okay. This episode is going to be episodes five and six combined. We watched both. Five, we can kind of just breeze through. We're going to summarize it. We're not really going to get into all of the details. Episode six was much better. Rob's modeling. There's a lot going on. I loved every second of it. We're going to do a regular breakdown. Then next week is the fucking infamous Bentley fight. Oh, Julie, I can't even handle it. I love when we get to the iconic ones. I know. And then the one after that, we're going to end this season's recaps with the Breckenridge trip, which as you guys know, top 10 Kardashian episodes of all time. So yes, we missed two episodes at the end of season two, but quite frankly, they're nothing to write home about. I think going from Breckenridge to then the premiere of the rest of season 18 is like chef's kiss, top of the line. I am so thrilled with this plan. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm like amped up. Like, I, I don't know what is going on, but the way that I feel, I think what was, what happened was the fact that that Keeping Up trailer came out yesterday and we were watching it yesterday. Now we're doing this episode. I feel like I'm just gearing up for this next season. And Julie, I'm hype. I'm so excited. I'm literally just so excited. I know. Okay. So let's just first breeze through episode five, just to kind of catch you guys up to speed. I don't want you to feel like we missed an episode in the middle. So you're not thrown off. Okay, so episode five centers around two main plot lines. And the first is the fact that Chloe, out of Chloe, Corny, and Kim, is the only one single. And she's honestly okay with it, but everybody else really wants to set her up. So that's what we have going on on one hand. And then the second part is the fact that Caitlin and Chris are trying to teach Kendall the value of a dollar, which kind of backfires. But So briefly, we're going to get into that, and then we're going to move on to episode six. You ready, Julie? Very ready. Okay. So the opening scene of episode five is Chloe, Courtney, Kim, and Chris. They're all out to eat. By the way, Chloe emerges in this scene with bangs at a left fucking field, let me tell you. By the way, no wonder they thought something was wrong with her. Like she emerged with bangs. Obviously, they were going to try and set her up. Yeah, exactly. She was, I think what was happening basically, you know, in this, in this scene was Chloe was really trying to explain to them of like, guys, just because I don't have a boyfriend right now, I promise you everything is okay. And they were just not taking no for an answer. 
And there was this a little bit of tension that was was palpable because she was feeling a little bit like her back was against the wall in a way, I think. No? Yeah. Yeah. I think that if I ever got bangs, like if I ever walked up to you one day and I had bangs, you would be like, that's where I draw the line with you. Yeah. Well, in terms of your your lack of explaining your emotions. Yeah. Like, I think that would be like your breaking point. You'd be like, okay, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Especially you specifically who have spoken so indefinitely about how you would never get bangs personally, like, because you don't like it on yourself. I had them when I was little. Yeah, but everybody had bangs when they were little. Why was that a thing? I mean, I had the full-blown bowl cut, if we're being honest. Yeah, you were so cute. (laughs) I was so fucking cute. (laughs) Anyway, so basically what happens in this episode is Courtney and Kim decide that they're going to take it upon themselves to make Chloe an entire dating profile. And I have to tell you, when you're watching this, it's really just so evident how far technology has come in 12 years. This was released in April, 2008. And looking at this monitor, I really felt like we were in a whole other world, Julie. It was, it was baffling. I know. It really was crazy. I'm like, they have apps for this now. And then I was like, oh wait, they didn't at the time. Yeah. No. So they're really on a full-blown dating website. They have to put in all of these crazy kind of uh, characteristics and you have to select like how attractive you think you are, what you're okay with, if you're okay with smoking. It was very, very in-depth. And Courtney and Kim are making this whole profile for Chloe. Of course, she has no idea. Long story short, they're in Dash with Malika. And you guys remember how last week or two weeks ago, it said under Malika's title, Dash Store Clerk. And we were kind of like, wait a second, we know she worked at Dash, but she's also Chloe's best friend. This is such a bizarre title. In this episode, did you catch this? She still had the same title as Dash Store Clerk, but they made a point to be like, we absolutely have to ask Malika her opinion here because she knows Chloe the best. She's been her best friend forever. So I was like, thank God, there's finally this acknowledgement of a friendship. I know. I was like, it's funny watching it in ro- in retrospect because we're like so comforted in the fact that they like described her as her best friend. We're like, oh, thank God they finally did that. But if you're watching for the first time and you don't know everything, like if it was 2008 again, you'd be like, okay, all of a sudden the store clerk like went from being the store clerk mentioned in one episode to her lifelong best friend. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. You would, I think in that moment, you'd have the reaction of kind of, oh, so they're friends. Like it clicks. Whereas now I'm like, I've been waiting for this my entire life. Right. I guess it's also possible that we wouldn't have thought anything of it at the time. Right. Right. That's true. Anyway, so that's kind of the deal. And what ends up happening throughout the course of this episode, because like I said, we're not going to go scene by scene, is they put together a whole list of men. They set Chloe up on these blind dates. She's ends up being game for it. She's not really that down, but she ends up kind of giving in. They have a baby monitor. They're talking to her throughout the whole time. And it was exactly what you would expect from a Kardashian situation like this. Was it groundbreaking? No. Was it very fun to watch? Absolutely. That's all you could ask for. It's all you could ask for. I just wonder who these men are because these were absolutely paid actors. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. One guy sits down and he's like, so is it true that you're Kim Kardashian's sister? And Chloe says, yeah. And he goes, is it true that she has butt implants? And I was just like, we are so in 2008 here. You know what I was trying to remember? Mm. I was trying to figure out whether or not it was valid that they didn't, like these people didn't actually know who Chloe was, like that they would be able to go on a date with her and say like, oh, you're Kim Kardashian's sister. Like only one person would have actually recognized her versus like, did they all know who she was because she was still Chloe at the time and they were just pretending not to. And I was really thinking about it. Like if you were a guy who knew nothing about reality TV, you kind of knew Kim from magazines, but she wasn't what she is now. Is it that illogical that you wouldn't have known who Chloe was? I don't think it's that illogical. I think it's a very high chance that you would not know who she was. Forget about these actors because clearly these guys were paid. But I was thinking, it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking back to last episode when Chloe made a point to say, you know, I want to get more out there in the public eye. I really love what Kim is doing. She wasn't doing that much of those things. She had just started doing some of the collaboration. So I think it's absolutely probable that they wouldn't have known her by face. It's hard to like remember a time where that wasn't the case. It's hard to think back on them, not every single one of them being instantaneously recognizable. No, it, it, yeah, it really is. Although some could argue that Chloe is not at all recognizable to how she was here. And that's not shade. It's just, it's just the truth, honestly. 
Yeah, but you wouldn't know Khloe Kardashian. No, of course, of course. I don't know. You know, it's really, it's very bizarre because something we speak about a lot when anytime there's a major Photoshop thing with Khloe in current day, I'm talking in our Kardashian recaps, we always talk about how I don't think any of us can understand what it is like for her, meaning we all know what it's like to be insecure at times, but one, to have that insecurity broadcasted to the world, and then also to always be known as like, quote, the other sister. And that was her entire rise to fame. That was her role. That was what the media portrayer has. That's what she kind of, I think, felt in herself. And so in these earlier episodes, you can, I at least felt like you can definitely sense her harder shell. For me, it was like her protection. I think it was really to mask her kind of insecurity. And so when she was saying to them, I don't need it. I don't need a guy. I don't need a guy. And that's true. You absolutely do not need a guy to feel confident or to feel like yourself. Being single is amazing. But I, I don't think that that's how she actually felt. I think she did want a guy, but she was just projecting that because she felt like she had to put on this face of strength. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Right. Also, she was 23 at the time, which as I was watching it, I was like, are you more mature or less mature than me? Because I can't figure it out. I was like, you definitely don't seem 23 to me, but I don't know what you are. Well, that's like how we always talk about, even now when we're watching things, when you're watching things of kids in high school, you still feel like they're older because you, you're still stuck in growing up. Remember? Yeah, I, I can't fathom celebrities being my age. I can understand them being younger than me and like me being like, oh, there's uh, Emma Chamberlain. Like that makes sense to me. But when a celebrity is my age, or slightly older than me, but like obviously significantly more successful and traveling the world and everything. It is a very, very hard thing to, I don't know. It's a weird phenomenon. I can never, ever, even when I'm watching movies and TV shows, that specifically, I'm like, no one is my age in those things. And if they are, they're lying. Yeah, no, I know. I just think actually the concept of age as it applies to Hollywood is really interesting. We always go back to that example when, Chloe was saying, you know, Kylie's not your average 19 year old. She's on private jets with Carl Lagerfeld, et cetera. There's just something about this concept of age that almost doesn't matter once you get to a certain level of fame. And it's really interesting as a spectator to kind of analyze that. Cause I get it. It's, it's, too, I understand that there's two sides of it. On one hand, it's just like we're stuck as our, any, any of us, as our 10 year old selves or however old you are watching Hannah Montana, watching these shows, thinking they are so much older. But then also there's the real side of it of just, understanding that age as it exists in Hollywood is such a different concept than in reality. Yeah. I also think that LA 23 is very different than New York 23. Oh, I mean, (laughs) Julie, I will never, ever forget the first time when we, and I, we, I know we've spoken about this before, but it was such a experience that I really will never forget. Like the first times when we started to actually spend time in LA and we would go places and we'd just be talking to people that live there. And when they would ask us about who our plastic surgeon was, as if there was something wrong with us that I'm 25 and you're 23 and we hadn't gotten Botox. Just you wait, kid. Just you wait. (laughs) Do you remember that? Like really thinking, what? Yeah. The difference between LA and New York, when I say the age difference is different, it's not even about maturity. It's all about culture. Like the LA differences is like, this is such a generalization, obviously, but it's like the culture of plastic surgery is so normalized. The culture of like going out in Hollywood and, and dressing a certain age is so normalized. But then when you have New York, sometimes it seems older when you're 23 in New York or younger in New York because there's so much independence associated with that. And also the way New York teenagers live And the parties that they go to and the things they go to are so different that to an L.A. person, it probably seems more mature. But when you're looking at L.A. and you're New York, it seems more mature the reverse. The L.A. New York difference fascinates me. Fascinates me. I really think in order to understand it better, I need to spend more time in L.A. LA. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm just saying my eventual goal at some point in my life is to be relatively bi-coastal, more on the East Coast, but I would like to spend more time there because every time I go, I... I still don't feel like it's my home base. I still feel like I'm more of just a spectator. And it's really, really interesting. Even just watching the Kardashians at this time, being in their 20s, living in LA. And yes, I understand it was different. They were on a reality show, but it's still fun to just look at it from that lens, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of tangents. (laughs) I love a tangent. 
No, I love a tangent too. Anyway, so, you know, Chloe ends up going on all these dates. She doesn't find a guy. She ends her she ends her night with Malika and Khadija. They're having a great time. All's well that ends well. That's fine. That's how this episode kind of concludes on that end. And on the Kendall front, basically, she wants a pair of shoes. Chris wants to teach her a lesson that money doesn't grow on trees. So she sends her over to Caitlin. And Caitlin says, listen, I'll give you the money, but you're going to have to work for it. Kendall kind of schemes the system, finds this local dog walker who she gets $10 from Caitlin. She pays the guy five. She makes a $5 profit. Of course, Caitlin finds out that she's doing this. And while impressed by her business sense is also disappointed that she lied. Again, all's well that ends well and it's fine, but it was fun to watch a young Kendall kind of scheming. It was a little bit of a Kylie move. She was so smart. I was so proud. I honestly have to tell you, if I had a kid and they schemed that way, and they turned a profit, I would be so much more impressed with them just doing the work themselves. I was thinking the same thing. You always want to work smarter, not harder. Always smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Always. always. I saw I saw a really funny, uh, I don't know what it was. It was a meme or something on a video on Instagram that was basically saying, you know, here's a really good tip for you college kids. If you need a little bit more time to finish your paper, when it's when you have to submit it, just submit it for the wrong class and use that time and before the teacher realizes to, you know, to work on it. And I was just like, that is the oldest fucking trick in the book. Come on. Oh my God. Come on. Yeah. Also submit a blank document and say that it never loaded correctly and you're sending the right one right away. Yeah. Julie, I have corrupted more files in my college day than I would care to admit. Oh, I've gotten more doctor's notes in my day than I care to admit. Listen, you got to do what you got to do, you know? You really, you do. You do. Let that be advice to all of you college students. <laughs> if you guys need help, you call your friends Emma and Julie and we will help you out. <laughs> it's true. Why, why not? Yeah. Sometimes, you know? listen, sometimes you got to just do what you got to do. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it gets in at the end, you didn't cheat. You didn't do anything right. immoral to get that way. Right. You exactly. Do you got to do. Listen, as long as you're not screwing anyone in the process and it's really the only fall that would be taken if something happened would be on you, then hey, do what you got to do. Yeah. Okay. Are we cutting that or keeping that? We'll decide after. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we're in a kind of a giddy mood. Can I tell them why? I don't know what you're going to say. Julie's <laughs> getting her wisdom teeth out tomorrow. This is the last time she can talk for a whole 36 hours. You hate when I don't talk. Well, I hate when you don't talk when you're in a weird mood and you're not explaining why, but this is, I understand you literally don't have teeth. <laughs> I now still have teeth. I'm just getting two of them out. <laughs> Julie's that was be- such a weird thing to be like, we're in such a giddy mood because Julie's getting surgery at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Well, you know, it's kind of like one of those feelings where you're having a little bit of anxious anticipation. I told Julie, I said to her, I was like, you know, because you guys know my biggest thing with Julie is that I feel like she doesn't let out her emotions. You are ridiculous. I was like, are you nervous? I'm like, the only reason I'm nervous is because I can't eat past midnight. I'm like terrified about it. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm like, get a grip. <laughs> Listen, when they put a metal rod in your back, the other stuff isn't like as scary surgically. No, I understand that. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 
Moving on to episode six, this is the one that we're going to go scene by scene, a little bit more of our old style. We just didn't want to bore you guys. What's the point? We're trying to be, like we said, work smarter, not harder. We want to get you guys the good quality stuff so that next week we can be there with that Bentley fight. I know all of you will be waiting like we are, and I just can't wait. And I just love every single one of you so unbelievably much. Okay. So scene one opens and Chloe gets a call from Lily, who's one of the employees at Dash. The second I saw her on the screen, she looked familiar. And when we looked it up, she was on Chloe and Courtney Take Miami. So she's hysterically crying, saying that someone vandalized the store, was harassing her. And Chloe goes over, Lily's hysterically crying. The store is a complete mess. And when they look at the security footage, they see that this guy... He, he really, he didn't, he wasn't stealing anything. He kind of just came in, threw his drink at her, was harassing her, was vandalizing the store. It was scary. They, of course, called the cops. And I have to say, I know a lot of this stuff is staged. I genuinely don't think this was just because I feel like that's bad karma. I don't think you stage something like this. The next scene, Kim is talking to Rob and she's saying that her friend thinks that Rob would be an amazing model. At this time, remember, Adrian is still in India shooting for the Cheetah Girls. And Rob says, listen, I will totally meet with this guy, but the only thing is that it can't interfere with school. Keep that in the back of your mind as we go along this episode. Julie, can I make one other comment that I want to say? I would love for you to. I know we speak so frequently about Chloe and Rob's relationship and how it is one of our favorite sibling dynamics, and I stand by that. That being said, there's something unique about a Kim and Rob. I agree. I knew you were going to say that. I I very much agree. You want to know why? It was almost like Rob was looking to Kim in a very aspirational manner and seemingly so proud of what she has accomplished from a business perspective and almost wanting to mirror that, not in the same way, but with the same drive. And there was something cool about that watching it. I 100% agree. I think that's exactly what it was. Right. So you know, next scene, we're back at Dash. Chloe calls Chris, tells her what happens. Chris is really freaked out. And this starts the whole journey of one, Chris wanting the girls to protect themselves and also really wanting to strongly consider security. Okay. Next scene, Rob goes in to meet with Kim's friend. His name is David Todd. The modeling agency that they were at in the episode isn't disclosed, but he founded DT Model Management in 2012, which is now one of the leading agencies in LA. And Kim goes in with Rob and you can tell, not, it's not that Kim was so experienced with this, but she was kind of knew the ropes. This was, I think, one of Rob's first meetings like this ever. He'd always liked the idea of modeling, but by no means did he have experience in the field, right? Right. Right. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he had a, a number of uh, 2008 versions of a selfie under his book, but no, nothing, nothing real. Nothing real. Exactly. So they go in, they have this meeting. And of course you can see this guy is just dying over Rob. He looks, I got to tell you guys, he looks sexy. Look up this episode, season two, episode six, Kardashians, Rob, you'll see what I mean. He's hot. Oh (laughs) my God, yeah. So he's standing in the hallway. David is taking pictures of him. They have him take his shirt off. I of course lose my mind again, fine. And they decide that they want to set him up with a formal shoot, which I felt like a trend here that I liked in this episode and kind of just in this season. It's like, on one hand, Rob really radiates confidence, which of course is attractive in anyone, but also he has this real humility. And in a lot of ways, it's almost like he doesn't recognize how good looking he is. I don't know if you felt that same way. Yeah, he's shy. It always surprised me how shy he was in the beginning. Like, I think it showed the most when he went on the date with the playmate. And he like could not have been more nervous. And I was like, oh my God, you must not have mirrors in your house. Because if you saw yourself, you would not be nervous in the slightest right now. I know. Isn't it so crazy though, how that does not matter? Like the way that other people see you really just does not impact how it applies to the way that you see yourself. Yeah, it is. It is really crazy. It's really unbelievable. But anyway, so that's kind of where this scene leaves off. And you can tell Rob is feeling good about himself. He's feeling confident. Let's say... Let's just go as far as to say, even if Kim's friend David was taking this meeting with them just because he's friends with Kim, which I don't believe he did, that's one thing. But then to want to set up a shoot, I think to Rob, it was kind of a sense of approval of like, okay, I didn't just get in because I'm Kim Kardashian's brother. My looks and my potential talent actually kind of sealed the deal here. It's also one of those things where 
<laughs> you never, you never, like you want to do something you never have even thought about it in the past. And then somebody brings the idea to you and you're like, oh yeah, I guess. And then someone thinks you're good at it. And you're like, oh my God, this is my life's passion. I have to do this. I'm dropping out of school. I'm doing everything to pursue this. Like, this is all I've wanted my whole life. And it was like, you didn't even want it until you found out you were good at it. Yeah. You, you'll see in this episode how this goes from zero to a hundred, kind of like the idea, liking it. And then all of a sudden, this is my lifelong dream. This motherfucker was ready to fully just risk it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back with the dash situation. Basically, Chris is still really concerned that they haven't set up actual security in the store. And Chloe understands that concern, but she decides that she's going to take a self-defense class with Lily, with Kim, with Courtney. So she's kind of organizing this whole thing, which we get to in a couple of minutes. But that's a perfect example of like, yes, in theory, is a self-defense class a good thing to have? Absolutely. And if you want to have the real martial arts knowledge under your belt, no pun intended, like that's great. One class is not doing anything. One class is fully just for the show. Exactly. Yes. Right. Because getting security isn't, does not make for as good of television. No, you're right. It doesn't. Also, (laughs) it is such a classic 2000s plot point for something to happen. And the automatic response would be like, we're all just going to go take a self-defense class. It is, right? It is so 2000s. I can't even explain it to you. Why is that? I don't know. I feel like every single teen show in the 2000s had an episode where something happened and they took a self-defense class. No, you're absolutely right. I'm just trying to think if there was some specific reason for that. I'm just curious why that was so televised, so much more televised in a way on reality television. I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the self-defense industry is like big pharma. <laughs> oh my God, imagine. <laughs> anyway, so next scene, we are at Rob's photo shoot. He's so nervous. You guys, he's so hot. I ask you to do this one thing. You don't have to watch any of these episodes. I promise we're really doing a good job explaining it, but just go to season two, episode six, Rob Kardashian photo shoot and just experience it with me. I ask you, Julie, (laughs) hot. I know. I I mean, I know. So he's posing and they tell him, you know, we want to take your shirt off. He's starting to love it. They're spraying water on him. You can tell he's really getting into it. And he's in these gray boxers and he walking, he's walking back to, you know, the wall and the, the guy's like, oh, wow, he's got the Kim Kardashian butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love a guy with a good ass. I got to tell you. Yeah. Love yeah. it. I was thinking I mean, about something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. A little uh, Noah Beck WAP dance, if you will. <laughs> Really, that's all I can think about. If you guys didn't watch Noah Beck's Wop Dance, it is so important that you pause this podcast and do it. It's really, really important. Yeah. You Julie, must we actually. We don't lead on how, like how borderline obsessed we are with, with him. It's not even with like the Sway Boys. It's literally just with Noah. Like our, It's more so the fact that we're just in awe of how good looking he is. It's not like anything like we're obsessed with his personality. It's literally just this it happens to be one of the most attractive men we've ever seen. And I feel like we don't talk about it that broadly on the podcast because I think that it's branded a little bit as juvenile in a way. And it, I feel like it makes us sound younger. But when you go on TikTok, there are women in their 40s that are dying over this guy. He just happens to be unbelievably good looking. Uh, yeah, there's really no denying it. Yeah. Anyway, they're doing all these shoots and they're really taking a liking to Rob. And again, I do not think that that is any sort of nepotism. If that's fair. Like I genuinely think that they're thinking he's doing a good job. And they say to him, we have an offer for a job in Japan and we want to submit you. Not saying you're going to get it, but we would like to have the opportunity to submit you. And he kind of goes along with it, which will lead us into this next plot. But I think you can see on his face, the awe in a way. Yeah. He was surprised. And it's one of those things where, and I was saying it before, like as soon as somebody tells you you're good at something, you're like, oh, this is the best thing in the entire world. Because other people's approval, especially for something that you didn't even think about in the first place, is like so validating. Yes, so, so, so true. So next scene, they're at the self-defense class and it's Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. And, you know, it's exactly what you would expect. I don't. There's nothing I could tell you that you guys wouldn't know. Like. <laughs> It's just, <laughs> there they are. Kim Kim could not be less fit to do this. And not, I don't mean physically, just like this is so not Kim's vibe. If you look at historically Kardashians, Chloe and Courtney are always the ones that are rough fighting with each other, kind of playing around. It's just not Kim's thing. 
No, and that's okay. Although it became Kim's thing. Next episode, it becomes Kim's thing when she's whacking her fucking Louie at Chloe's head. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking this season also, so maybe it is her thing. Maybe it would have been good for her to get her anger out during this this self-defense class. Maybe if she really took the self-defense class seriously, she wouldn't be beating the shit out of Courtney in season 17. Just saying. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, they come home, they're showing off to Caitlin, and long story short, they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And it was just more so for the show. But you know what? That's fine. I enjoyed every second of it. Although, I would be lying if I said, I just want to get back to Rob. That's all I want to do. Uh, yeah, same. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Next scene, Rob and Kim are kind of debriefing on the experience. And Rob saying to Kim, he really, really enjoyed it and that he's genuinely considering dropping out of school for it. And you can see Kim, I think on one hand, is happy that he's taking it seriously and also wants to just show that she's supportive of whatever he wants. So I think the last thing she wants is to make it like, oh God, I got him into this mess. But more so to say, hey, if this is something that you think is your passion, I'm all for seizing the moment. And she was really, really supportive, which in a second, you'll see how that was met with criticism. But I I enjoyed her take on it. Yeah, I think from Kim's perspective, it would have been hypocritical not to be. But at the same time, I think that we forget when we're being supportive of people, like in these specific circumstances, like you can want someone to finish out the path that they're on, aka college, and then go to their dream. It doesn't have to be like, I have to drop everything in this one moment to do this right now where it's never going to happen again. Yeah. In most cases, in some cases, it's not. I'm just saying in cases like this, Kim's support would have been somewhat hypocritical. She was like, no, you can't do this. But had she said, I really want you to finish school and then maybe you could come back to this, just do it on the side for now. I don't think that would have been hypocritical. No, I totally agree. Although I do think that it's kind of hard to weigh. And this is just a general statement. This isn't a statement about the Kardashians and I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to this. And it's not just, it doesn't just have to do with school, but it's sometimes hard to weigh, is this something that will exist for me in a year from now, in three months from now? Or is this something that I have to take this opportunity right now? And a lot of the times you're taking a gamble. It's not like anybody is coming down and showing you exactly what's at play here. You kind of just have to trust your gut. It's kind of like with us, right? Like you put off applying to grad school. I stopped after my first year of Columbia master's. I just knew, I I think we both just knew this, this whole thing and the trajectory of Instagram and what was happening at the time with social media, we had to take this right now. And luckily school will always be there if we want to go back. We had finished our undergrad. So I think you just have to weigh it. And this is what was going on for him here. You'll, you guys will see in a second, it's more short lived than that. But I do think that in general, that's a stressful concept. Yeah, it is. Also, sometimes like in this situation with Rob, it was one of those things where he was like, I don't know if I'll ever get this opportunity again. And that's kind of the point where you have to weigh it and be like, okay, if I'm never gonna get this opportunity again, it's really a one-time thing. Is it worth risking so much that I have down the line for this one thing now? And that's when you have to weigh the pros and cons of it. Right, right. Especially like something, you know, something like school most likely will be there. You can defer it. You're already in, you know, it's a little bit different, but we'll get to that in a second. Last scene as it applies to the security at Dash Chris decides to take them to a shooting range and it's just ridiculous. The whole thing, Kim is accessorizing her entire gear. Chris wants to buy them all guns. Chloe's like, absolutely not. I'm not having a gun in the store that my little sisters hang out in. You can see Chris was really getting ahead of herself, but I think she was just trying to take, I think she was trying to show them how seriously she was taking the security. And again, it made for good television. They were never getting guns, but that's exactly right. Okay. This is really the scene where the shit hits the fan. So they come home and Rob had called a family meeting and nobody really understands what's going on except for Kim. So Chris asks if any of them know why Rob wanted to meet. And we all know that David from the modeling agency had called Rob and said that he got the job in Japan. 
So Rob was kind of deciding, and I think in his head, he had decided that he was going to take the semester off. Fair? Yes. Yes. Kim's, you know, encouraging him to do it. Everyone else thinks that he is absolutely out of his mind. And you can see this is where I feel like because Rob had the experience with Kim, who up until this point was the only person he told about this, and she was so supportive and so on his same wavelength, I think he was expecting to go into this and not necessarily be met with the level of criticism that he was. Like, I felt like he would have thought it would be more smooth sailing. Meanwhile, he's met with his whole family screaming at him, like, are you fucking out of your mind? Right. Well, when you're excited about something, it blinds you to the reality of other people's reactions. And also you forget that people can be excited and rational at the same time. Right. And especially when you've kind of taken taken something and really run with it and made up your mind already. When you walk into a situation where you've already made up your mind, you forget that other people are going to be like, wait, hold on, pump the brakes for a second. Exactly. So Chris is really upset and she's basically saying, you know, your father would be so upset if he was here, which I do, no judgment, like that is their relationship. It makes me, I literally get triggered by that because my worst fear is someone saying to me that something that I was doing would have upset my mom. I just, I hated that. Like, I'm sure that that's how they, that's totally fine. And I recognize that Robert Kardashian's word was probably the most important to Rob. So I'm sure it was effective, but I don't know. I just, it like triggered me for a second. And Caitlin looks at Rob and says, bottom line, you're finishing school. You're not dropping out. You have less than a year and a half to go. And in her confessional, Caitlin says that before Robert passed away, which was in September, 2003. So again, this was five years earlier. He had made a promise. Rob had made a promise to Robert that not only would he get into USC and he would have the grades to do it, but that he would finish USC. And Caitlin's basically saying, you know, I witnessed this promise being made and we are going to make sure that Rob does it, which everybody rest assured he did. He graduated from USC in May, 2009 with um, a degree from the Marshall Business School. So it was all fine, which we'll get to in a second. But I could see in this moment, this wasn't television. This was genuinely Caitlin being like, I have to honor the promise that I witnessed to this boy's father. Right. I have a question. Do you think that like in terms of what you're saying about that being triggering for them to say, like, it's your father would be so upset right now. Do you think that the conversation and the fact that it was a promise that he had made to his father and it was something that they had spoken about and something that meant a lot to his dad, do you think it made it less triggering for them to say that with the context of that situation? Well, no, because I mean, I, I, I good question. And I have no idea. I can't speak for anyone else, but I, the reason it was triggering for me is because I was literally, I had that same thing. Before my mom died, I told her that I was going to finish my second year of Columbia. She wasn't begging me to do it, but I just promised her that I was going to. I think she wanted me to get my degree. So now when people say to me, like, you think you'll ever go back? I don't know. Doesn't your mom want you to? It's like, I know my mom and I know she would want me to do whatever is best for me, but it, she's not here to say that. So it was a different situation. It wasn't undergrad. It was totally, totally different. I wasn't a modeling gig. I was, you know, but I just, I don't know. I hated that. But yes, it totally. Yeah. He may have not been, that, that was a, this isn't me projecting. Like, don't think for a second that I'm thinking Rob said that. I'm just being honest. Like what we do is we react to the show. So I hated that. I really, really hated it. I don't know if anybody else who has lost parents can relate to that. Or maybe if you, that's a, that's productive for you. I can only speak for myself, but I absolutely hated it. I also like, I don't know if this was just me, but I went back and forth for a second when it came to Caitlin when she was saying, you know, you are going to finish. And I totally understand she was taking on this paternal role. And I think that that was appreciated and respected by the family. And I think that everybody was okay with it. But for a second, I had this moment, which is probably really uncalled for. Where I was like, who the fuck are you? But like, she was that role for them. And if you remember, it was always such a big deal that Caitlin promised Rob that she would look after the kids and as if they were, you know, her own, obviously. So I think that it was an immense amount of responsibility that she felt to the kids because of that promise that she made to Rob. So I think that, yes, it, it could have come off as a little bit overstepping in terms of like, are you, are you the parent in this situation? But when you consider the backstory, I, I don't think it crossed the line, in my it, opinion. I don't think, I don't think, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think it did either. And I think it was, I don't know. I don't know what it was for me, but you're right. Cause clearly it didn't. If it, if it did, Rob would have said something on the spot. Right. Exactly. They're not, 
They're not shy about that. Rob would have immediately no, said, you're not my fucking father. And in the end of the episode, if you remember when, when Rob says that he's not going to go, he set, makes it a point to say that his family and specifically Caitlin will be so happy. And he felt good about making sure she was happy and content with the, with his decision. Yeah. It's upsetting. You know, episodes like this really make you realize how far they've come in a bad way in terms of their relationship with Caitlin, which isn't a fault on anyone specifically. I think things just happen, but it's, it is kind of sad because for so long, I think Caitlin's respect and Caitlin's approval was something a lot of them really held on to closely. And now I don't even think they in a lot of ways respect Caitlin based on the way that she treated Chris. So it's just a uncomfortable kind of situation. Yeah. It's sad to look back on. Yeah. Anyway, Rob's not having this and he says, listen, I'm going to pack. I'm leaving in two days. And when he goes to pack, he calls Adrian. Remember, she's in India this whole time, so she doesn't know what's going on. She's kind of, he, I think, is calling, expecting her to co- totally be on his side. And she's like, what are you talking about, Rob? You have a year and a half of school left. Finish that. Kind of talking some sense into him in a way that I think only she could, in a way. Right. right. And he starts to second guess his decision. And back in the room, Chris is really giving Kim a hard time for even encouraging it. Chris is, Kim is sticking firm in her, in her thoughts saying basically like, you know, I know what it's like to want to put your career first. So he has to make the decision himself. But I I don't know. I always find these types of dynamics when I genuinely think this was real. Like, I don't think this was for the show and you were actually witnessing how it goes down. I always find those really fun to watch. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I love... Because the family dynamic is really the most interesting part of the show. I mean, I know it's obviously evolved so much, but at the end of the day, the show is about a family and the way they interact with each other and the things that they do. So when you get down to the core of it, yeah, the interactions are the most important part of it. Oh my God. Listen, as we get you know on and on into the show, I think we all get drawn to the extravagance because we see it. It's kind of like when you're watching Real Housewives, you know, you get drawn to just the extravagance because it almost takes you out from your own life right? Like the way that they're yeah. living is so beyond the way that your average person lives. But back here, yes, of course they were a wealthy family, but that's not why you were watching. You weren't watching because they were driving Range Rovers. You were watching because they were just this very kind of tumultuous, fun, crazy family. And that dynamic was interesting. So now we have that on top of the unparalleled wealth. Exactly. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot pet insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. 
Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, final scene. Basically, everybody's fed up with the girls for not getting security at Dash and Rob enlists none other than Scott Disick to come in and to do this whole plan with him where they pretend to be robbers and the plan is they're going to go in scare the shit out of Kim, Courtney, and Chloe and basically scare them into getting security. Julie, Rob and Scott's dynamic, there is nothing like it. There is nothing like it in the history of the show. There was one thing like it. Rob and Lamar? Yep. I knew you were going to say that. I, I don't know why you had to say that. Well, because you made the blanket statement that there was nothing like it in the history of the show. Not one other thing can compare. This was it. This was the ultimate. This was the only one. (laughs) I agree with you. It was an amazing dynamic. It would be disrespectful to ignore the Rob and Lamar dynamic. I know. It just makes me so sad. Honestly, when Chloe and Lamar got divorced or when they were going through all their stuff, I was so sad for Chloe. But right under that, I was so sad for Rob. Well, that's always the conversation we have about Rob and the male figures in his life. I know. It's really unfortunate. I think I really, I, not that I, we would ever get access to this, nor would I want it because it's so intrusive, but I would imagine that in his most vulnerable conversations, he reflects on that a lot, on the fact that, yeah, there's a real sense of abandonment when it comes to that, which is why I feel so good of like, it does not matter if Scott and Courtney, God forbid, never get back together. Rob will always have Scott. Scott will always be in the family. He is a male figure that is not going anywhere. And I do think that Rob can find a sense of comfort there. He's not, listen, yeah, you see him and uh, Tristan getting close in Turks and Caicos. Tristan's never going to be that person, but Scott really can be. Yeah, I, I so agree. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, they, you know, they get dressed up like robbers. They have fake guns. They go into the store. For a second, they scare the shit out of them until very quickly, once they start yelling, they realize it's Scott because Scott has the most distinct voice probably of anyone on the show, <laughs> right? There's nothing funnier than when they run, they go into the store and they scream right away. And then Scott goes, get down on the ground. And Chloe goes, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> like, why'd you have to talk? <laughs> you know? We could have said nothing. <laughs> I know. And of course they figure out it's them. They take their masks off. They're sitting down. There's this one moment, I'm going to post it on our story, where Courtney is sitting on Scott. She's holding him. They kiss. And I just feel a sense of euphoria. I'm like, there it is. That is endgame. We're going to get back there. Don't you guys worry. I know. We got to get back there. We have to. You are so on board. I have fully converted you to the dark side. It's amazing. I know. And I don't change opinions easily. Well, I don't think you were ever so firm the other way. I just don't think you were passionate this way. Um, yeah, I just had a lot of concerns. My concerns were more with Courtney than with Scott. Like I didn't like the way that, I obviously didn't like the way that he treated her towards the end, but I always think I held resentment towards Courtney because I didn't like the way she treated him after his parents died. And obviously that's only from what we saw on the show. It could have been very different behind the scenes, but I always felt like, there was just an ounce of sensitivity missing that I wanted her to exhibit. So I always felt like they just brought out the worst in each other. But I think watching them be able to co-parent together and hang out together and be together so much without bringing out the worst in each other has made me be like, okay, I really want them to get back together. Yeah, no, I think that's beautifully said. It's true. I think a lot of people that were really dedicated had this shift where it was like for so long, Scott was the bad guy in our eyes. If if we're putting it in that binary. And then it switched. Not that Courtney was the bad guy, but it was almost like, wait, does Scott deserve this kind of? Does yeah, they both had their own things to figure out. It definitely yeah. wasn't a one-party blamed situation. I, I, But that was always my position that they brought out the worst in each other. So why would we want them to get back together? Like if they're in such a great place now and they did get back together, would that extend into this relationship or would they bring out the worst? But watching them when they're so young I, I think also rewatching has has put me into that mood again. Obviously, um, it's very when hard so to rewatch. And they bring out such a good side of each other, and they have so much fun, and they're such not different people, but less stressed people or less responsible in a good way. People, you can't help but want them to get back together. Yeah, I was going to say it's very hard to watch this show early on, like to go back as we're doing, and to not have that 
like flame kind of rekindle inside of you. And I know people are having a similar experience because we get the inboxes. Yeah. Same. Exactly. There was a very real shift of people in the beginning being like, Emma, and not in a mean way, just being like, Emma, I think you're really living in a fantasy world to then watching with us and being like, oh my God, I think it's happening to me. I didn't want it to happen to me. It's happening to me. And I'm like, I knew you motherfuckers would get there. I mean, I dare you to hear Scott walk into room and say hi, doll, to Chloe and not, I mean, to Courtney and not want them to get back together. Just fuck me up. Just fuck me up. I can't. Anyway, this episode concludes, as you can imagine, with Rob making the announcement to the group that he's not going to Japan. He's really happy that it'll make Adrian and Caitlin happy and the rest of the family happy. And of course, at the end of the day, the sister decides that they are going to get security. Another full house moment. I love an ending. I love a, you know, character development of Rob. I just, what more can I ask than Courtney sitting on Scott's lap with Rob, Chloe, and Kim in Dash? Like that is just where dream, what dreams are made of. It really is. It really, it is. really is. It really, really is. I don't know what else to tell you, but that's how I feel. Anything else you would like to add? No, I think that's it. I'm so excited for the next two weeks. You guys, buckle up. The next three weeks, really. Next week, we have the Bentley fight. The week after that, we have Breckenridge. And then we have season 18. Holy fuck. We are so lucky. Oh, my God. I know. like, oh, my God. Wow. I'm so excited. We are in the big leagues now. I got to tell you, we really are. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. Good stuff. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching with us. Thanks for just caring as much as we do. And we're so grateful for you. We will see you guys on Monday for our regular episode. And listen, if you have thoughts, by the way, on this stuff, don't feel like you're just talking into a void. Like, send us an email. I'm not saying, honestly, at this point, I'm we're so inundated that I can't necessarily get back to you. But don't think that if you send an email, it's just going into a void. We genuinely really read your opinions because I think they're so interesting. And like, I like hearing your opinion on a dynamic that maybe we didn't consider it that way. Um, yeah, me too. If you like have a random thought at 3 a.m., we literally get emails. People like, it's 3 a.m., I can't sleep. And I'm thinking of this one dynamic between Courtney and Sophia. Like, fucking tell us. That's the shit that we live for. And I want to hear it. And I value nobody's opinions more than you guys because I know that you care as much as we do. So, yeah. Anyway, I hear that my dad's up and I'm so excited. I'm going to make it out. <laughs> but we love you guys and we will see you on Monday. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.